one of my other hobbies other than podcasting is to enjoy amateur radio. So I have UHF, VHF radio that talks. Well, okay, speech output. So I'm going to turn that on and let's see what we find. Nothing on this frequency. So now I'm going to go scan. Let's see if there's anyone on there at the moment. Wow. It appears that it is silent. So hold on. Let me pick up frequency and see if I can actually find someone on the air. That's just a local repeater. So now I'm going to punch in a frequency. Zero. Four. One. Okay, now just to double check where I am. B. A. Memory. Zero. Four. One. Four. Four. Seven. Point. Six. Four. Zero. Okay, so now I'm going to go up one. Click. You can also use the click thingy to figure out where you're at. B. A. Memory. Zero. Four. Two. Four. Four. Seven. Point. Eight. Six. Zero. Okay. So now I'm going to go down to. Now let's see where I am. B. A. Memory. Zero. Three. Nine. Four. Four. Six. Point. Four. Zero. Zero. B, A, memory, zero, four, zero, four, four, seven, point, zero, four, zero. Okay, so now I'm where I want to be. Now I'm going to see if there's anyone on the uh, KD0IKO monitoring. Let's see if there's anyone here that would be willing to talk to me. Oh, and give permission to be recorded. This, by the way, is a, a di digital frequency. KD0, IKO monitoring. Sometimes that happens, so you know to reach up and switch the mode on the radio. KD zero IKO monitoring. Nothing. Okay. There we go. Now it's back. Six GEL is monitoring. Good evening. I, I'm just doing a bit of fighting with my radio, and 
also working on a um, podcast that I'm doing. If it's okay with you, do you mind if we record this brief too? So, um, the podcast is My Life as a Deaf Blind Person, slated to be aired just after field day. No problem. Uh, say the podcast name again, please. This podcast will be publicly available once I get it published. Um, the topics will range from orientation and mobility as a deafblind person. Yes, I'm going to talk to two people who teach deafblind people how to get around. Primarily with a long white cane, but I think one of them has worked with deafblind people who use guide dogs. And then possibly this segment on my hobby of amateur radio. And then I think I'll come up with a third uh, topic to wrap it all up with. Yeah, I have no problem with it. Cool. So. I'm demonstrating um, fusion here, and so you sound awfully clear, even going through the um, mixing board, which I have hooked up to an FTM300DR. So what are you using these days? You're one of those lucky individuals. I've had an FTM 300 ordered now for going on six weeks. Last update was July 10th. So that's going to be another month. I know that um, all the manufacturers are having problems with getting the chip that translates analog into digital and digital back into analog because there was a fire in a factory in Japan last October and the factory came back up online in April. Um, unfortunately, all of that stuff of course has to be imported and so that creates some issues I think with the importation of the chips so that they can actually build the radios. The good news is hopefully you won't have to wait much longer because Yaesu is headquartered in Japan. Hot copy. Yeah, we figured they were tied up in the Suez Canal someplace. So um, that's what we figured. But uh, yeah. No problem. I know. I'm right now. I'm currently talking to you on a uh, FT3D Yesu. Uh, I like it. I really do. Um, I've got it hooked up to an uh, external antenna um, up on my up on my house, a little dual band. So I'm, um, you know, uh, hopefully I'm getting out. Um, I really haven't had an opportunity. I just got the antenna hooked up here a couple of days ago. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to at least see where I can, what I can reach and what I can't reach.
You know, it's funny. I have the same radio. It's just that for me, being blind, and as you can guess by the name of the podcast, a very significant hearing loss. My hearing aids are actually Bluetooth. So what I do to uh, make certain I can hear you is that I plug a Bluetooth transmitter into the radio, and then the hearing aids receive the audio output. And in this case, I've actually plugged the Bluetooth piece into the recording device because I'm using a stereo XLR cable to make certain that this is of sufficient quality that um, a non-ham can understand things. Yes, and Visalia blind also. And uh, her and her husband talk all the time on the radio, so back and forth. She also runs our uh, Springville uh, net on Thursday night up here. So, um, but uh, she always has a, uh, she gets into the wires room. I know there's a couple of wires rooms that are uh, for the visually impaired. Uh, and I know she gets in there and talks on those all the time. I haven't been able to uh, get into a wires X room yet. I don't know why. I guess I'm just too far off of the Fraser Mountain uh, repeater, and I do not have a, uh, a Windows computer, or I don't have a Node uh, uh, Pi or anything like that that will uh, connect into it at this time. Interesting. Yeah, there are a couple of people in the group of uh, blind people that I'm vice president of the local chapter of the uh, NFB here in Bakersfield and the chapter president and I think one other member are interested if they could uh, get study materials. So I'm encouraging them to think about joining HandyHams. Um, the only problem HandyHams is having these days is the study material is a touch on the dating side. I think they're one study manual or two, depending on license class behind. I'd love to eventually um, upgrade to extra. Yeah, for, I've, uh, I'm just a general myself, so um, I took the tech and then I said, oh, this is fun. Turned right around, studied for it. Next month I took the general and I was going, oh, yeah, now I'm going to study and turn around and take the extra. Anyway, uh, needless to say, that didn't happen. Yeah, copy. And I've been a general now since 2011, so it's 10 years. And so I think I'm going to um, hopefully find a crew that will test me and then find the study material, or it might happen the other way around. But I, I know eventually I will get that done. It seems both of my Elmers, unfortunately, have uh, become SK over the years. My first Elmer, uh, the one that got me interested in ham radio, uh, became SK back in 2016. And then the um, other Elmer, who um, taught me about Unix um, and Linux 
became SK in 2015. Uh, both people were involved in technology heavily. The first Elmer was a uh, programmer for a power entity in the Pacific Northwest, where I grew up. Even though I have a zero call, I got that in grad school in Colorado. Uh, copy, copy. Yeah, we just have a, a small group here in the Porterville, Springville area. And uh, we are then, there's a couple, we have a couple of uh, designated uh, examiners here also, but uh, we had one that passed away last year. He always held classes for us, and uh, he was a, uh, that's, that's one gentleman that will be truly missed. Um, he was, uh, everybody, I mean, you asked him a question, he knew, he knew the answer. I mean, he didn't have to go, whoa, what, let, me, let, me, let me look that up. But, uh, I mean, he knew the answer. So, no matter what it was, and he helped, uh, Leah, the friend in Visalia, helped her, uh, get hers, um, license and, uh, everything. So, but, uh, yeah, I've, uh. I've only, I've only had it now for, well, I don't know, three or four years. So when I retired in 14, I decided that I was finally going to do it, finally going to get get my licenses. And the first license I had was a restricted radio license, and that was back in the 60s. Um, but uh, late, early 60s is when, is when I got that, when I was a member of the uh, Portable Air Patrol here, Civil Air Patrol. You know, it's funny, I never had that because I didn't uh, get involved with the hobby until after the code requirement dropped because I knew my hearing was suspect. Oh, back when I took my license exam in 2009, in fact, I was talked into it by a, um, another blind ham um, in Las Vegas of all places now. And uh, she, she runs a ladies' net on one of the reflectors these days, but she's also a general, but she's in a place where she can't put up an antenna. I could probably put up an antenna here, but there are no trees, no supports for anything. So if I want to operate HF, it's uh, take a portable HF antenna outside, set it up, and then make certain that I'm pretty far away on the patio fire up a uh, Kenwood TS590 SG and with the bands beginning to come back it's getting better but I think it's going to be slow. Yeah I know I've, I've got some room but I um, I don't have that many trees around where I am but uh, and the ground that I'm on is hard as a rock. In fact, if I have to put any fence posts in or anything like that, I have to go rent a jackhammer to do it. Because I'm, I'm basically I'm sitting on a rock, big rock. So, but uh, I've got this antenna mounted to the just a dual band. Um, just got it mounted up on the eave. That's uh, what I'm talking on. And uh, first first contact I had was uh, uh, was Tom down in Bakersfield down there. Then I've been speaking with Ken up in Cold Run quite a bit. Um, 
and I say Tom was help help me get uh, help me get set up on the digital mode and helps and uh, I've got you down at about forty uh, forty six point seven miles and it looks like you're due south of me. indoors and I'm using of course like I said the 300 but the antenna is in the window running 50 watts. I think to wrap this up or at least this section of the podcast what would you say to anyone who hears this that's thinking of getting into amateur radio uh, and thinks oh well it's just a bunch of people walking on walking parties and you know they don't do very much. And uh, I'll uh, go one more go around. KD0 IKO for ID. K6GEL for ID. I just, I've always enjoyed it. I had a, I had a CB. <laughs> it all starts out with CBs back in the, back in the 60s. So, but uh, now everybody's got their cell phones and everything else and ham radio is kind of it's starting to die i hate to say that but uh you know in case of emergency who are you gonna you know you you're gonna have to use a radio um and it's it's good education i enjoy it you got to keep your mind young so that's one reason i did it keep my keep my mind going versus letting it just vegetate after i retire and if something happens to where I can't get out and inside, and the people you get to talk to, the people you get to meet, I mean, they're you know they're all over the world. I talked to uh, uh, Germany the other day, and then I, there's a guy Tony that I talked to uh, over in the UK. He comes in on the Echo Link here out of the Porterville uh, repeater, uh, but uh, learned a lot about the UK just talking to Tony. So I mean. The people you can talk to is uh, fantastic, uh, and it's not, you know, granted, there is a tech, little bit of technology now now than there was of going strictly analog, but uh, I enjoy it. I really do. K6GEO. KD0IKL. You know, that's, that's interesting. I got into it because as a child, I was age 13, and a music school teacher, not music school, um, blind school music teacher, let me get my facts straight. He's long since that's the case, by the way. Um, but me a helicopter uh, receiver at the beginning of the weekend. And he said, you know, if anything is to happen, Strange. Uh, this is the frequency you switch to, and maybe you'll hear something. Little did he know that when he handed the uh, radio to my uh, parents and I on a Friday, that by Sunday something really big would happen. In fact, history. I woke up about 9 in the morning and was listening to the local AM station in Portland. And they're telling me about a flood warning and telling people to evacuate as quickly as they can. And I'm not thinking, oh my goodness, something really wrong has gone on here. So then I looked at my braille note 
and read the frequency that the guy told me to go listen to. Turns out that was the main net control for Mount St. Helen. And unfortunately, the rest, of course, they say is history. The mountain, of course, blew up. Five amateurs lost their lives in that eruption. But I spent most of the day listening to reports of ash clouds and early on net control begging people to leave their positions, save their lives. And, you know, hopefully somebody heard him and got out of their shock in time because, of course, that generated a huge uh, wall of water and mud that took out a whole bunch of homes and made the Columbia River impassable after the eruption. KD0, I failed. I'm gonna clear out on your final. You can make any extra comments you want to hear. And uh, thank you for uh, um, talking on the podcast. Yeah, my privilege. Yeah, I remember when Mount St. Helens blew up there. <laughs> Had a friend bring me a little, uh, uh, 35 millimeter canister of, of the ash. <laughs> anyway, it was it was interesting. Yeah, that was that was quite a devastation up there. Anyway, hey, it's been a privilege to speak with you, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, speak again here. Um, as I say, I'm just getting into this digital mode. It's kind of it's kind of neat. It really is. So anyway, again, this is K6GEL. E-D-O-I-K-O, it's been a privilege. 73. 73 to you too, sir. K-D-0-R-K-O. Um, clear enough to wrap up this portion of the podcast.